Hi, uh, welcome to Totally Underqualified. Where we talk about various topics of adulthood and how totally underqualified we are to do them. So, episode three. Uh, we were desperately scrabbling around. Why well, I say desperately scrabbling around, we weren't. But we were looking around for topics to talk about. And last week, obviously, we talked about moving and being a third culture kid and how you process the loss of various things like locations and friends um and that kind of naturally brought us into the topic of deeper loss uh, and grief and how we deal with the connections that we have with things that we no longer have connections with um so it might be a bit of a heavy heavy episode i think so maybe trigger warning yeah mild trigger warnings but also we're doing this to have healthy conversations about things and to process various parts of our lives and we're just going to go ahead and do it yeah and if you know this helps someone awesome all the better and feel free if if you feel like you can't handle this episode feel free to just skip it this week yeah totally perfectly fine okay Bob, do you want to start us off this week? My first experience with grief and loss. Yeah. Sure. Go for okay. it. Yeah. So uh, my very first experience with loss and grief uh, is when my first dog died. Um, her name was Gina. And we had her since I was about four years old. So basically living memory, you know, like, I can't remember a time where we didn't have her. Uh, she moved around with us to all the countries I've lived in. So, you know, she was always there. And, you know, I think when we kind of had to make the call that, you know, it was kind of over for her, it was a very rough thing to do because it was the first time you ever have to do something like that, um, for me at least. Mm. And... Yeah, how do I, I mean, I think it was a very good experience, very first good experience, because, you know, if, nine months later, my, my grandpa passed, and I think it was kind of like a, almost, I want to imagine as a dress rehearsal for that in a, in a weird kind of way. Yeah, I, w I was uh, with her when uh, the vet came and, you know, gave her the injections and whatever. Yeah. And it was all very very peaceful she like greeted the vet like the way she kind of greeted all the people that would come around to our house and that was kind of touching because obviously she didn't know what was going to happen but I mean I think you know I think back to that moment and it I mean yeah, it's it's a sad moment but also I think a very happy moment like you know we gave her all we we got she gave us all she could uh in her ways and it makes me incredibly happy that we had a dog like her you know she wasn't she was like a little bit of a bitch basically but like a cool one <laughs> one you can get on with exactly and she was always in charge of like other dogs and you know she wouldn't take shit from no one but she wouldn't be like violent or anything so that was that was your first experience with that was my first experience and then obviously you get the days after when you come home and she's not there and it's just kind of like oh you know and her 
basket is still there, you know, the thing she would lie in and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, it's so strange that her hairs are still all over the house and you kind of have to, you know, just kind of let it take you in a way. You can't always control it, uh, how you feel about it. And you could, yeah. and, you know, I definitely had a couple of times where I just kind of sit there and, and cry about it because it was sad. Yeah, and I think also being able to embrace that at a young age as well and to go through those motions is not something everybody experiences. I mean, yeah, I, how old was I? I think I must have been 21 when this happened. So I wasn't the youngest, but... Yeah, but young enough that it's it's still considered like an early loss. I mean, you yeah. know, even if it is a dog and, mm. you know, there are plenty of people that have lost pets at young ages but for for the length of time that you had that dog mm. you know that was your whole growing up yeah exactly he was there and it's like losing a family member it was yeah you know i haven't had as many experiences with with great loss mm. as other people so i can't really speak from huge experience i'm 27 now and i feel very privileged to have not lost anything that dear to me so far Although, you know, as with everything, the time is getting shorter between <laughs> how how many things I still have available to me, how many people, how many animals. You know, my my cat lives with my parents at the moment. She is getting older at the moment, and there will come a time when when she's she needs to go, um, and unfortunately, that's probably sooner rather than later now. Um, but my my very first experience with it was oh I must have been eight or nine um, when I had a hamster, and you know most kids have a hamster for a pet. We know they only last about three years. I knew this when I got it. Um, unfortunately, my hamster didn't last quite that long, <laughs> and unfortunately had a really nasty accident and he wasn't going to recover from his injuries we had to put him down quite early which is, is I mean it's a sad story it's also slightly morbidly happy and, <laughs> and funny I can see you trying not to laugh it's Sorry. such a silly story um, it's just it's genuinely if I think back I mean my mum had a cat when I was very young but I think I was too young to realise when he died um, so my first actual experience with it was my hamster and it was it was really quite morbid so it was just bizarre I, and I remember being very upset about it at the time like it was really sad that this poor hamster wasn't functioning the way it should because it had had an accident and that you know there was nothing I could do to help him and obviously we were talking about these experiences earlier and just going all my examples are going to sound really rubbish <laughs> because because I haven't had that experience yet. Um, I wouldn't and, say count yourself lucky or something like that. I mean, I, not necessarily lucky. I um, or how can you know, I put this? Yeah, I, it's just you know it hasn't happened to you yet, but you can definitely relate. I'm sure. I can I can put myself in someone else's shoes because. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously we do have the five stages of grief and no matter what kind of grief you experience, you do go through all five losing items and pets and, and, you know, things that are close to me, but are not as close as people 
I do find it quite a scary idea that sooner or later I am going to have to go through this and I've never done it before. Mm. Not that close to me. Mm. So I, I kind of, I find it quite odd to talk about loss with someone when I haven't experienced it. You know, it's like trying to talk about raising children when you don't have any, you know, you don't have the actual experience of it. But I was actually doing some reading a couple of days ago because I have a small love for psychology and medical fields. Weirdly, most small children don't like the hairdressers because they experience that as loss. Did you know that? I didn't know that. It's a physical loss. Because is, is it because you don't look like yourself anymore for yeah. a bit? And... It's that loss and sense of self. Wow. Which actually stems into some of the other research that we did for later on. Yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. It kind of explains why you would get that upset because you feel like you're literally losing, you know, something that defines you. Yeah. Or Jesus. has taken up part of your life. That's so strange. Because I mean, like, right now i love going to a hairdresser now it's it's funny how that changes isn't it yeah a, a really strange one for me is i once had a beanie and i know this sounds really stupid a beanie for anyone who doesn't use that terminology it's basically like a, a woolen hat one day it was just gone i have no idea what happened to it whether i you know left it somewhere or whether my mum threw it out I, I don't know what happened to this hat and it was genuinely it was one of the things that I wore like every day and as a really weird example of grief and loss I did go through denial as the first stage it was no it has to be here somewhere I am so convinced that it's not gone and I convinced myself it wasn't gone I tore our house apart looking for this hat I rang all my friends in Venice you weren't in the country at the time so it can't have been you um <laughs> you're giving me that look like but was it um, maybe i left the country for a reason <laughs> <laughs> but I, I seriously it was pure denial it was mm. no it can't be gone it has to be here somewhere i'm not going to find another one so i need to find it and uh, and it's the same with with hairdressing you know you said mm. a, a lot of people experience i don't want to go to the hairdressers i don't like having my hair cut mm. Um, I don't need a haircut tends to be mm. the phrase that gets thrown denial. about. <laughs> denial. Um, yeah. And then once you get through the denial phase, uh, you hit the next one. Anger. Yeah. How do you? Someone's taken my hat. I mean, it wasn't even that someone had taken my hat. It was, I cannot believe I can't find it. I was angry mm. with me. Mm. And I was angry that no one else could help me and no one else could find it either. And I, I was a vicious teenager at that point, but um, I find anger the easiest one to process. A lot of that anger tends to be directed at myself. I don't know how you experience it. Okay, we'll just take my dog as an example. Like there are two very different examples, but I think there are two very valid examples. Yeah. For sure. When we first made the decision that, we were going to do this. I was like, no. So that was denial. And then I was like, but she's walking around fine right now. And that, but obviously she wasn't. I think denial and anger can mix. Yeah. And I think they sort of come hand in hand as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in, you know, in general, I think there, there aren't hard edges to grief. You can kind of flow back and forth between the stages as well. Absolutely. Um, 
and often those lines are very blurry. Mm-hmm. It tends to be a strange one. I usually recognize grief at the beginning, but I don't tend to recognize the process that comes afterwards, which is the other three steps. I think it kind of just mixes into your life at a point. Yeah. It's not like a weird piece of furniture, but it kind of becomes part of you. Yeah. And a part of your thought processes as well. Mm-hmm. Because, like the denial and the anger thing definitely are like play, they're very right afterwards. But usually when it comes to bargaining, bargaining can come quite soon afterwards as well, but can continue for a lot longer. And then the depression and acceptance. That's, that's the that can spot. take a while. That can take a long time. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. People are allowed to take a long time. You should permit yourself to go through those as well. I think a lot of people try and avoid those feelings because they are really unpleasant to experience. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we uh, have covered our basics here for this episode, right? Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to put into part one? Um, no, not no. necessarily. I do feel like I may not be as useful in this episode as others. I think you're always useful. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. See you after this short message and or break. to lighten the mood here's an animal fact did you know that a ferret makes a sound when it's happy called duking and that a group of ferrets collectively is known as a business did you like that fact if so i am the bloke what done made that music that you are listening to now on this very podcast so if you and your business of ferrets have any audio related needs then don't hesitate to get in touch with me at my instagram at Cam and Noodles. That's K A M E N O D L E S. That's K A M E N O D L E S. So that's all from me. Back to Ollie and Bob. I don't even know why they asked me to do this. I feel so totally underqualified. All right. Welcome back from the break and on to section or part two which is the part where we like to go a little bit more in depth yes Um, a bit of a discussion about things yeah and like you know what some do's and don'ts maybe yeah and what to do when you're dealing with grief or loss Yeah, Uh, I think everyone can kind of acknowledge that there are unhealthy ways of dealing with things and healthy ways of dealing with things. Um, And we touched briefly on it earlier when we went through the five stages. But having said that, I don't have the experience, so I'm not quite sure how I would process it. Mm. But I already know enough about myself to know when whatever it is I'm doing to deal with something like Mm. this is perhaps not the best thing for me. Um, You know, I've experienced other forms of loss, like the loss of friendships, the loss of relationships. And a lot of those 
very interpersonal losses can mm. pretty much have the same effect because for sure you know those uh, those relationships have they, they form part of your life and mm-hmm. when that suddenly leaves a gaping hole behind because it's gone mm-hmm. um there are various different ways of dealing with it one of my favorites was always to crawl into bed and not come out for a week ah. perhaps not the best choice perhaps not not the most healthy choice to make yeah and to eat my feelings i i'm i'm a big eater when i don't feel great mm. and that has a wonderful domino effect of the more i eat it doesn't make me feel any better i actually feel worse about myself yeah and that only pushes me further down so yeah these days it would be uh, to fill up the time or or the contact moments that i would normally have with these people Mm-hmm. with something either constructive or productive but my production level usually plummets when i experience something like this so i try and keep the constructiveness in there so if i can go for a walk or go for a run or you know start a podcast because we have literally just lost a huge part of our lives because we can't go anywhere yeah i try and channel it into something else yeah and i think that's a very good way of dealing with things um, thank you i mean part of doing this podcast is we are both trying to do a project that keeps yeah, us both busy and sane for a while try and fill the gap exactly yeah i mean i've struggled with similar things i i do kind of the opposite where i don't eat uh, mm. when i you know i'm dealing with those kinds of feelings of loss and whatever. Um, and, you know, some of our, you know, in the past, I've definitely made some unhealthy choices when dealing uh, and covered it up with other things. Yeah. Do you find that you would hide it from other people? I think I would try to hide it from myself. Right. Okay. Because, you know, you when you lose someone, you try to fill what you said you know avoid that was left there yeah when it really it's the only thing you can fill it with is uh eventually acceptance yeah exactly uh but when you try to suppress uh kind of the stages of grief and getting to like kind of the final point where you know it's okay it can still make you sad but it's okay um, you're, if you suppress that, bad things usually happen. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, nine times out of 10 people, people's advice to you is, you know, think of the good times, um, which, you know, in fairness is good advice, but no one needs to hear it when they are experiencing a loss like this. in my in my opinion yeah um Mm -hmm. but also we need to try and recognize that actually the memories that we have if we think of the you know whatever it is that's missing um our brain likes to focus on the positives and we almost cut and edit out the negatives which is why if i take the relationship example it's why if you ever meet up with an ex 
partner and you kind of find yourself sometimes thinking oh my gosh I can't believe I dated you you know because you kind of you suddenly reminded of all the negative things that you used to pick out or ignore um and being aware of how that happens I think can also be quite a a healthy way of at least acknowledging it um because you know if you if you can stare it in the face a little bit Mm -hmm. at least you know what you're up against and um there's a huge element in here of of knowing how how you can help yourself yeah you know it's it's always good to have people to support you but at the end of the day no one is going to dig you out of that hole you have to do it yourself yeah um yeah I find it a difficult one to to speak about sort of in terms of speaking for everybody yeah I think it's... this is very much an individual experience base yeah I think it's not a taboo to speak about but it is difficult to speak about for a lot of people I think we're both having a little bit of trouble maybe speaking about it right now. Yeah, a little bit. It's interesting (laughs) that we're doing this as a recording as well, because I think, you know, if if our listeners could see us, I can see both our faces kind of trying to process what we're trying to say. Yeah. Um, And And it's a very it's it's a a very unnatural thing to process, I think. you know, think, not, there's not from a distance as well. Yeah, and there's not many, you know, there's not many uh, other animals out there in the end that grieve. No, exactly. I think it's like, well, elephants and dolphins and monkeys or chimpanzees or something. Yeah, something. well, at least that we've recognized as grief. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dogs as well, probably. But you know, like ants don't grieve. Uh, I don't think that we know of. that we know of. I kind of really don't think they do. <laughs> I'm going to do the mandatory disclaimer every time we mention something like that if ants do grieve i'm sorry i was wrong um but yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day everyone considers it a serious subject yes um however i think over the course of this podcast so far we've literally proven that it doesn't have to be no you know because you experience grief on so many different levels Mm. at various different times in your life um and like I said before, you know, our whole focus is how to deal with things as adults. And I I find myself hyper aware of the stage of my life that I'm in, mm. because I am reaching the point now where people are going to start leaving. Yeah. Um, very much against my control. You're kind of like, okay, I've definitely reached past the halfway point with certain people which sucks it, it really sucks um it's terrifying mm. yep um and you know everyone experiences these worries you always mm. worry about how long someone is going to be around especially if they are older or you know uh in terms of well-being compromised in some way shape or form yeah no, um, for sure because you care 
yeah you know you care that people are part of your life and especially the people that are extremely close to you like grandparents or parents mm. or various other family members they have been there literally your whole sure. life yeah whether you remember that or not yeah um and it becomes a such a huge part of who you are yeah all right uh let me ask you a question sure 2000 because apparently that's kind of a thing we do i think i asked you a lot of questions and you answer them <laughs> 2020 you know yeah. last year mm. the year of the year that didn't happen the year that didn't happen i'm sure you had stuff planned for that year I had an awful lot planned for 2020 do you think you've grieved 2020 Oh, interesting question. I feel like I'm very much still in the process of it. Yeah. Initially, it was pure denial. I do remember that. You know, everything got cancelled. Everything was shut. All the festivals stopped. I was extremely unhappy. Mm -hmm. Because festivals do make up a huge part of my summer because because I'm a teacher. So my holidays are almost sacrosanct. Mm -hmm. If I can take a holiday uh, and I can go somewhere, I will. And of course, uh, that was taken away very quickly and it's almost i think especially it's, when you work in a high stress environment it it becomes almost like a vice a holiday is always nice yeah um, especially one that you've planned and it's like away from home and all those things yeah whether i'm still grieving i think the answer is yes but not as heavily as i thought i would no I I I don't think so either. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm mourning the loss of the beginning of 2021 to be honest. Yeah, that's that's another thing like I mean it's not you know it's not over yet. We're still in this crazy time. Yeah, can I also point out that I currently find myself pre-mourning the loss of my 2021. I'm expecting it not to change. And that puts a real spanner in the works because, you know, you lose one year and then you think, well, I'll do it next year instead mm -hmm. or I'll reschedule or I'll, you know, that carries over to the next year and et cetera, et cetera. Um, obviously, we're in the Netherlands. Um, as a teacher, I am sort of less isolated than most people. And you work in public transport, so you are still kind of out and about as well. But mm -hmm. um yeah, I like knowing that I can do something or yeah. that, you know, I have some kind of grip on what's happening. And at the moment, I don't. And no, no. one does. No. Um, it doesn't do wonderful things for me. So off for a break. Again. Again. We're going to do this a lot, guys, I'm afraid. Yeah. Art. It keeps us going. All those Netflix series that got us through winter nights with nowhere to go. All that music we've listened to. And all those books that we couldn't put down because they had us hooked. Or just because they helped us beat the boredom. Art gives us an escape, or a way to view reality that seems to make a little sense of it all just for a second. Like this podcast, talking you through adulthood in a way that makes it just that little bit less daunting. Keep watching.
Keep reading. Keep listening. Keep supporting. Tune into this podcast regularly to never miss an episode. And if you feel like it, feel free to follow me, Ellen Wagstaff, and check out my poetry, writing, and performances on Twitter, Vimeo, or YouTube. Stay arty! Hello, and welcome back to part three. Which is usually the bit where we kind of try and uh, talk about how underqualified we are for something. But I feel like we've kind of been doing that for the whole episode. Yeah, that's very true. Also, we recorded the last two bits a couple days ago, and now we're a bit further. So we're trying to pick it back up. We're trying to pick it back up. (laughs) Anyway. You said you wanted to start talking, so go ahead. Yeah, I was I was just going to say, you know, we've covered um, our first experiences of loss. We've covered ways of dealing with it. Um, I think the whole point is that, you know, we're discussing loss and how to process it. Regardless of how long we talk about it, I still feel underqualified to deal with it. And I feel underqualified to have conversations about it as well. D- does that kind of make sense to you? Yeah, um, you can probably also tell from how we were talking in the last part, we weren't finding it easy to talk. No, I uh, found it really hard. Yeah, it and it is. It's it's never going to be something I think someone's naturally good at, unless you're a professional. <laughs> like if you're a psychologist or a shrink, or you know, you learn how to talk about them and how to engage those conversations, but amongst just normal average everyday human beings I don't think it's a conversation anyone particularly enjoys I do think it's healthy to do don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. I just feel that when you're trying to break it down when you're not actually currently experiencing it that's quite difficult yeah because each each experience can be so different no that's that's very true I think when you're uh my like when we started talking about this this subject, uh, you your mind instantly kind of sprung to a beanie, yeah. um, and my mind kind of instantly sprung to like my dog. Um, and yours also went to your hamster, that kind of stuff. But you know, it's something that you experience in some way, no matter what. And you know, we weren't here specifically talking about you know, death and, and that kind of stuff. Like you're allowed to grieve whatever you lose. I remember once when I was six years old or something younger, I was young uh, and I had this really weird obsession with buses, school buses. This is way before I knew you. Um, I, I had like 20 different toy buses and one of them one day was just gone. And similar to with you and your beanie i was very upset about the loss of that bus so i wouldn't say that was like you know my first experience of grief i'm putting air quotes up you can't see them but i'm putting them up but you know it was something when you're seven or eight or however old i was i really don't remember i was relatively young still it's still a experience you have that you know i've you know i've kind of connecting it now like oh then I was also technically grieving and, you know, my the loss of this toy bus. So it's really crazy that you bring that up, because when you mentioned doing this episode, 
I got really nervous. I was like, I'm not really sure what to talk about because, you know, all the things that sprung to mind didn't seem like they were that connected to grief and loss. Mm-hmm. But if we take your bus and my beanie, mm-hmm. I still think about it. Like oh, yeah. to this day, <laughs> I still can't figure out where this beanie went. And that must have made some kind of impact on us if there are things that have really, really stuck in our memories from that mm-hmm. long ago. It's well, it's just your, bizarre. Your, uh, yeah, like your beanie hasn't been found. No, my, it never turned out. I haven't found a replacement that's ever measured up either. My my my, my toy bus has never been found. Sad. So, so I mean, I still had nineteen other ones, but you know. But it's about that emotional attachment that you that you give to things as well. Exactly, because it was a double decker bus. Oh well, that just makes it really cool. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you know you're you're allowed to grieve whatever you lose and those feelings are real and sure you might not think about it where you know about something that you lost when you were a kid and it might have just been a simple toy and you might not have thought about it in years but hopefully this podcast made you think about that specific memory that you've got and you're now lying in bed crying your eyes out about that teddy bear that you lost Bob you can't wish this on our listeners yeah but like in a good healthy way a cathartic way yes I have to look up the definition for that (laughs) but um what was I gonna say you know having having spoken about everything it kind of it puts a new point of view on grief as well Mm. because I feel at the beginning, I felt really underqualified to talk about it. And simultaneously, I have experienced losses of various degrees. And I think it's also important to recognize that other people may find your grief at certain stages in your life insignificant. But that doesn't mean it's any less valid. You are still going through those motions. Because I'm thinking about when we were teenagers, you know, if you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend and and you break up, it's the literally is the end of the world. And mm-hmm. you are like eating Ben and Jerry's all day long. And your mates go, oh, come on, you know, he's not worth it or she's not worth it. Forget about it. Come out for a drink. And you really, really don't want to. And they go, well, fine, then be that way. Yeah. You know, you don't mean to make someone's emotions invalid, but talking about it now I realize that we've probably both done that a little bit mm-hmm. um but it's nice to have this conversation and just realize okay no some of the things that I have felt maybe not necessarily about my hat I'm gonna let the hat go <laughs> this has been the healthy conversation to let it go Bob <laughs> I'm glad yeah so I guess in the end uh you lose stuff all the time and nobody wins no. <laughs> oh, I really hope. No. <laughs> I really hope that's not how we're going to end this podcast <laughs> no. episode because. No, I'm kidding. We didn't want this episode to feel really. No, 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 no. Depressing. I think we made it. We made it sound less depressing with this last bit where we talk about my bus and your beanie. Let's we end on about... my note. Yeah. No, I think, you know, at the end of the day, all these experiences kind of, you know, build up who we are and, and, and how we we recognize ourselves in them. And but also like, 
you know, it, it helps you recognize it in other people and it means that you can further support your mates and your family. Yeah. I think we're going to wrap it up just because otherwise we're just going to talk forever. Wrap it up, put a bow on it. Get it out. We did it, Bob. We made it we to the end it. of the grief episode. I was really actually not looking forward to this part. <laughs> but it turned out pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, seriously, the last couple of days, I'm like, fuck, what am I supposed to talk about? All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode um, as much as possible. And if you are experiencing grief and loss, the best thing to do is actually just to have a conversation about it. Yep. And reach out. And, you know, and reach out to your friends if you know they're going through it too. Mm-hmm. Let them know you're there. Yeah. All right. Well, good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. That's what I was looking for. This was totally underqualified to deal with grief. And see you next week. When we will talk about a slightly more positive. Yeah. Yeah. Very, a lot, a lot more positive. We needed to face our demons this week. Next week, we will be back on our happy bubbly schedule. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>